We get it, you're busy. You wanna grow and we wanna help. You're passionate about your craft because it deeply matters to you. Your faith is important, it's your foundation. At Stay Forth, we coach leaders to avoid burnout, live and lead with clarity, purpose, and from a place of health. We want you to experience long-term impact. Welcome to the journey. Henry, great to have you here on the podcast. Alan, it's awesome to be with you. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Yeah, huge respect for Faith-Driven Entrepreneur. We'll talk about that, the book, but really the movement. It's, I mean, is that surprising you that this thing is just kind of like breaking out across the globe? Oh, great question. I mean, does it surprising me? Um, I don't know that it's surprising me. I, I think part of it's the entrepreneur in me is that... Um, at any point in time in my entrepreneurial career at Bandwidth and Republic Wireless, I, I always had had seen a larger opportunity and said, "Let's go, let's go after that." And why why wouldn't we have a million customers? And yet, on this, and, and in this case with Faith Driven Entrepreneurs, there are tens of millions of Christian entrepreneurs around the world, and we dream of a day in which we get a chance to work with the vast majority of them. And that sounds crazy, uh, and yet at the same time, even though we are well short of, right now we've reached about 90,000 Christian entrepreneurs. We're well short of the maybe 100 million that are out there. While we're well short of that potential goal, I'm extraordinarily encouraged by what God has done through the ministry and just the individual stories of people who've come into community and groups and just said, you know, gosh, I'd been on this, what I thought was a really lonely journey of running this business and through um, these groups, these community groups, which are really the hallmark of what we do. We do content, we do community. And in these community groups, finding these people that have been so helpful for me, and yes, on one level on my business and how I think about customer acquisition or, or just channels to market or intellectual property or capitalization, things like that, but really just just the things that they're, where they find God and where they're struggling and and confessing our sins to one another. I, you know, I never thought, you know, six weeks in that I'd be having these type of really open and honest conversations in a way that really gave me joy in life. And that's awesome. So on one hand, um, there's so much more work to do as I believe that God has given us a, a global ambition. Uh, hopefully it's under his power and for his glory, not ours. But then the individual uh, stories are just like freaking awesome. And it's just, you know, my background is in telecom and I often say that this is infinitely cooler than telecom. And some of your listeners might be thinking that's a low bar, but there are great aspects to telecom too. But what we get a chance to do is really, really cool. So other than that community piece of that, um, what are the other pain points that this is meeting for the entrepreneurs to step into these groups especially? Well, I think at our core, uh, we're all designed to know God and that we want to know God and enjoy him forever. And there's some aspect of our life where we come to realize, especially as our careers go on, that we're created for a different world and that, um, that there's some amount of disillusionment that we have with what a lot of people might call the American dream and just the, pursu the pursuit of financial success. Money and finances have such the hold on an entrepreneur because it's our scorecard. And yet as an entrepreneur goes along and, and all of a sudden starts to achieve some of the dreams 
that they had kind of oriented their lives and their businesses toward and realizing that as they accomplish them, they get these kind of jolts of just appreciation and gratitude um, and some level of fulfillment, but it's so fleeting. And like, nope. I they were sure that if when, you know, as soon as we hit a million dollars in revenue, that that would solve all of my problems. And, um, or that I'd feel differently. And yet I now feel like I've got to go to the 5 million and, and there's something here and I'm missing. What am I, what am I missing? And, uh, and one of the things we try to do with our ministry is to, just to help them understand that they, that the thing that they're missing is, is, is the knowledge of God and how much he loves them. And that with that as a foundation and just, just, just steeping in that again, every day, that then they can find the joy in some of the other things that are about like what I just shared with before. It's not just about the statistics, it's about podcast growth or something like that. It's about the individual interactions that we have with a customer or a vendor or, or partner or employee that sees God at work in their lives. And that's the joy that we find that we otherwise had just not even been looking for. Mm. Beautiful. Um, as I mentioned before we hit record, we've actually got two groups that meet in our space here, in this hub space. Yeah. There's an energy to it. You could see folks lingering afterwards on week six that weren't on on week one. And some of those folks I can look at are actually co-working together now afterwards. It's beautiful to watch. And and so at a distance, it's this, I want to be part of that. Um, and what you describe is you know, the loneliness of not just leading, but leading um, in a field that is around money and has serious challenges in that. Um, so it is fun to watch that at a distance. And I'm, I look forward to stepping into one of those groups. Um, and before we kind of talk through the movement, even the message of that, let's drill down on your story. Can you just give us an overview of your story, Henry, and a couple of waypoints that led you to launching this incredible ministry? Yeah, yeah, sure. So I grew up um, as a, a third or fourth generation uh person that was uh that had seen some entrepreneurial success in like the 1920s but it had been kind of a distant memory and but it was something that i'd always heard stories about about when we our family company uh helped invent the milk can i actually i'm looking up at the the patent for milk can on my wall right now or on another side of the family of this seed company that went out of business in the 1920s but you know, back in the, the turn of the last century had, had had a lot of success. And so I had always seen some of that, but over the generations, some of that had been lost, but I was captivated by what that looked like. And part of that for me, I equated with financial success. So I went to New York City and after having had a t-shirt business in college, which was a lot of fun, but I went to New York City looking for fame and fortune and and with a model of Bud Fox, Charlie Sheen's character in, in Wall Street and just thinking that Financial success would what would be the thing that gave me fulfillment. Uh, I came to faith at 28 after having realized that the financial success I found on Wall Street wasn't delivering what I thought it would deliver, and then met a guy who became my best friend and business partner, David Morkin, and we started Bandwidth, um, which is a company that makes telephone numbers and the software that provisions them across Microsoft and Google and a lot of other players, and then Republic Wireless, where uh, we had a team that invented the technology that allowed cell phone calls to go back and forth between Wi-Fi and the cellular network, and then some other telecom companies that kind of spun out of those. And in the process, came to understand that, that of course, as Christ followers, we might be able to bear witness to our faith, and yet we made a lot of mistakes too. And so 
Um, we wanted to be able to be a blessing to other entrepreneurs that were out there trying to compete and win and do it in a way that glorified God, but just kind of wrestled through some of the bigger issues and and uh, about faith and, and the marketplace. And so we started a fund called Sovereign's Capital to invest in Christian-led companies. And through the grace of God, um, that's been really successful. We have five funds in market right now, and we've got a fund in Southeast Asia and one that invests in public markets and in, into um, into uh, publicly traded companies that are run by Christ followers. Um, at, at our first ever ETF that kind of bridges out of a private fund we've done, and we've got a real estate fund, and we've got a team of about 30 professionals that do a really great job of investing um, into these Christian-led companies, and yet there's so many companies we couldn't invest in. So we started a ministry called Faith Driven Entrepreneur. There's a guy named Anatol Melancia called me up and said, listen, I'd like for you to invest in my business. I said, tell me about it. He's like, well, it's a real estate business and I'm in Moldova. I'm thinking, gosh, this is going to be an easy no. And I just, I, I don't even know what a cap rate is and, and I can't calculate it. So we can't invest in real estate. And I'm not even sure Moldova is a country. And uh, about that time, we're saying no to 99 out of 100 businesses just because we just didn't, it was wrong stage or industry or geography. And Anatol wouldn't let me go. And he made me spend some time with him and um, to share some of the things that God had taught us at Bandwidth and then through the companies we invested in. And that became this ministry that's become um, a great passion of mine and where I spend the majority of my time now, which is faith-driven entrepreneur. I retired from Sovereign's Capital a couple of years ago. I still serve on the executive committee, but I now get great just satisfaction and joy from working with Christian entrepreneurs around the world. And then as a as a uh, tangent of that, we started a ministry called Faith Driven Investors. So Faith Driven Entrepreneur helps uh, Christians understand how to steward their vocations in a way that brings them closer to God. Uh, Faith Driven Investor works with investors that want to steward their financial capital in a way that participates in the work that God is doing in the world. And that came, a lot of that came out of a guy called me up and said, I've got a I've got the second largest yogurt business in Rwanda. And I didn't even know, I didn't know whether people ate yogurt in Rwanda or not. I didn't know if that was a big company or a small company. But I did, you know, it, we didn't invest in, in Africa. I was like, I'm so sorry, we can't invest in you. But we have this blog and we have a podcast and we have this conference with more than 400 watch parties around the world. And there's one in Kigali. And then we've got these groups and now more than 14,000 entrepreneurs are going through these groups and there's the group that meets in Kigali and gets set up with them. And he listened very politely, but what I really got a sense for was that when an entrepreneur is looking for $250,000 of financing and you send them a link to a podcast, you haven't really scratched their itch. So we thought about what does it look like to help like-minded investors find entrepreneurs around the world that were doing great work and help them to get access to mentoring and connections to supply chain. And then yes, if they're excellent and 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 have got the right type of plan for an investor that's looking for excellence, maybe financial capital. And then while we're doing that, let's look at at other funds that are out there, not just sovereign's capital. Up until then, it's like if you are an accredited investor and you want to invest in private equity or venture capital well, and motivated by your faith, well, maybe take a look at sovereigns. And um really felt that God convicted us of the fact that Sovereign's Capital, as cool as it might be, is surely not the only game in town. And so 
we've gone out there and we found more than 40 fun families now that have some level of spiritual integration in what they do across pretty much every investment category uh, from natural resources through to real estate, public markets, private markets, debt markets, equity markets. And that's become part of a new ministry we have called Faith Driven Investor that's also driven by content. We've got a couple of storytelling teams that do a great job of taking these eight to 10 minute mini documentaries and then bringing community around them. And a couple thousand investors now have gone through these FDI groups, which is what you mentioned. So that that brings you up to speed on maybe my background and what we do now. Some people are exhausted just hearing everything that you do listening to this. I'm sure you get that question quite a bit. How do you do <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm all so of sorry. all of what you do? No, uh, I want to drill down into that. Um, you've obviously learned to multiply your time. Can you give us a grid for how you multiply in your your time and your energy through other people? Oh, yeah, that's easy. Well, it's to pray for a partner. And uh, when I think about the financial derivatives company that I ran in Chapel, North Carolina, God brought me Tom Hahn, uh, just a great man of faith, much better at at, at financial derivatives than I ever would be. Uh, and then David Morkin at Bandwidth and Republic Wireless, unbelievable, just brilliant. Uh, and then Luke Roush at Sovereign's Capital and now Justin Foreman at Faith Driven. Each case, he's brought me somebody in partnership that is better than I am at the uh, at what I'm what I'm feel called to. And it feels like maybe it feels like a little bit of false modesty. And it's it's really if you knew these people, you know, you know it's not. Um, and so it, then when you do that, and then then the job as a leader, and and maybe those that are listening to this podcast can resonate with this. Then as a leader, your job is to articulate a vision that people can get behind. And to help them to understand what success looks like in five years from now, whether you're doing this in financial derivatives or you're doing this in telecom or whether you're doing this in ministry. In five years from now, imagine a time when every Christian entrepreneur around the world has been woken up, where life has been breathed into them like Ezekiel, the Valley of Dry Bones. And they wake up from their slumber and being kind of like a slave to the system and, and that next milestone. And they realize the God of the universe created them to 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 be productive and participate in the work that he's doing and building a kingdom. And they're not alone. And they've got all these folks that are out there and they can find their tribe and their community and they can accept the invitation to participate in the work that God is doing and bringing about his kingdom. And this is, imagine a time five years from now where this is just, pastors know how to talk to faith-driven entrepreneurs, faith-driven entrepreneurs know how to be a part of a local church. And they're taking some of their entrepreneurial giftings and not only are they redeeming the telecom industry, but they're also looking at problems like clean water or church planning or microfinance or youth discipleship or the sports ministry movement. And God's kingdom is being brought about on kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And the team that you're working with can start to visualize and feel like what happens when you've achieved this vision, what it looks like, what it, what it feels like, what it tastes like. And if you can get the right number of people around you, and gosh, we've got on Faith Driven Team now, we've got about 35 people on the team, and they're all united on achieving that vision. And every one of them knows the role they play in it. And so my job becomes really simple is just to just to download what I believe that God has given me about what is broken in the world, what needs to be fixed, and what it'll look like when it's fixed. And then the role that we can play in just doing simple things like telling stories and bringing together community among uh, uh, populations that have tended to be kind of isolated. Entrepreneurs tend to be isolated um, and are lonely. Investors 
tend to be isolated too because wealth tends to isolate. And if you can bring people together around mission and purpose where they can come to understand that they're not the only person that's wrestling with these issues, it's something really exciting. So in each case, across everything I've done, it's just having an incredible team. And it's it's beyond the partners. You know, David or I didn't invite invent the technology that took cell phone calls between Wi-Fi and cellular. I'm not nearly that smart. David is that smart, but it was somebody on our team that was just like, you know what? I'm together in a community of men and women united towards solving the problem. And in telecom, it was, we want to help our customers to unlock remarkable value. We particularly want to help small to medium-sized businesses to gain access to great technology that allows them to communicate with their business, their customers better. We thought of small to medium-sized businesses as being the great unwashed, and that was a holy ambition. And we had 850 employees united towards solving that problem, and they all felt it was a mission. And I think about Anders Brownworth and Scott Barstow and some of the other guys that were on the team that kind of were involved in solving that problem, and Brian Daly and just... Chris Chuang, a whole bunch of incredible people. And they were able to be successful because they looked and they saw on their right and on their left other people who are just as driven to solving that problem as they were. And that's that's the key is just is just having an army of people that you work with that are driven towards solving problems. And then even t-shirt salesmen like I, like that, that the last time I really knew what I was doing was when I sold t-shirts in college. So if you can, if you can articulate, uh, ask God what's broken, show it to, and then show it to you, the, you, the listener, and then just translate that and just communicate that to others and find out who else is animated by solving that problem. It's unbelievable what you can accomplish. Wow. I love your passion. I love your vision, how clear it is. What's the great sorrow that you think about at night when you put your head on the pillow? Wow. The great sorrow. There's so much injustice in the world. There are 4 billion people that live on less than $10 a day. And um, so many people just don't get it. And we're just coasting to our funeral. None worse than me. None worse than me. God has given me the financial ability and the giftings to be able to get out there and really work tirelessly for him and to experience his joy. And yet I struggle with massive sin every day. Think about the seven deadly sins. I've committed all of them in like the last 24 hours. And if I can get through them, now fortunately, God saved me. And so I've, I've got a savior and, and, and I'm redeemed through him. And yet the amount of time that I spent, gosh, I spent more time over the last week thinking about my winter vacation where I'm going skiing than the, what's going on in Sudan right now. That's That's not right. But you know, and so are so many other people. And they're seriously on our watch. There are 4 billion people living on less than $10 a day. And there are billions of people that have never heard of Jesus. And, um, and I'm that problem. I'm that problem because I spent more time thinking about getting my children into the right youth lacrosse league or where we're going skiing. None of which are awful things. It's just in the whole ordering of things, if I've got eternity with God and he's placed me on this planet to be able to advance his kingdom and I'm spending as much time being distracted by things, I'm rooting, 
one of the neat things that, that may be interesting to readers may not. Sometimes people, I've got three adult children now. My youngest just turned 18 uh, last Tuesday, but I've read to them every night that they've been in my house. And so, and it's great. And we just even just did Treasure Island um, with uh, with my youngest, Graham. But we're now starting to read the screw tape letters together. And just the distractions that the devil would throw at us to keep us off the life that is fully life. It's just unbelievable how they can just like sink me and distract me from from the real truth and goodness, from from me living the life that is fully life. But fortunately, if I can get in together in a community of people like you, Alan, like right now, when we can kind of like acknowledge this to each other, man, and I can keep I can keep the devil at bay because he'll he'll take me out as a lone wolf. He'll take me out in a heartbeat. But if I'm in community with other brothers and sisters, confessing our sins to one another and aligned towards the the hope that we have. That's that's the anecdote. But what was my greatest sorrow is is the injustice and how broken and messed up this world is, and 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 just how broken and messed up I am. Thanks for that. Thanks for that. A decade ago, five years ago, maybe even three years ago, um, I was a faith driven entrepreneur and didn't know it. And so clearly, can you clearly explain what is your definition of a faith driven entrepreneur so we don't miss anybody? Yeah. So well, the best part about it is that it's the definition is so it's it's the term that's so broad that means it can mean anything to anybody, and that's good because it's the it's the it's the title that begs the question like what drives you because we're all driven by a faith in something, and for all a lot of us it's a faith that if I work really hard I'll achieve or it's a faith that um, I can earn my own salvation or that I uh, I can erase the problems that I had with my with the estrangement it, 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 not the case for me but for the case for some other people estrangement from parents or all these different things it's a faith in something that drives an entrepreneur every entrepreneur is driven by faith and a belief in something question is what is it it's like Simon Sinek in that TED.com talk it's like we're powered by our why why do we do what we do for an entrepreneur, a faith-driven entrepreneur, out to be maybe a more accurate answer to your question is that faith-driven entrepreneurs, uh, our ministry is primarily equipped, though uh, we welcome entrepreneurs driven by all sorts of different faiths. Pretty quickly, you're going to come to understand that what unites us is a desire to know the God of the universe who sent his son to die for us. Okay, um, And that it, it, it's a community of Christian entrepreneurs, but not all of them are. But the faith-driven entrepreneur is just understanding that we're all driven by our faith in something and yet understand how messed up it is. You know, Proverbs 16, 2 and 21, 2 say the same thing, which is all the man's ways seem pure to him, but his motives are weighed by the Lord. Wow. So theoretically, ostensibly, because I together with Justin, I run a ministry called Faith-Driven Entrepreneur. So it's to help Christians understand how much God loves them and accept the invitation to, to create in building God's kingdom. But is that really my motivation? Is that really the faith that drives me in what I do? Or is it that maybe if I'm really successful, I'll get on Alan Briggs's podcast? I don't know. You've, you've arrived. Right? I know. That's awesome. How does it feel to be at the top? It feels really, really good. I just need to just reflect <laughs> on that for a while. <laughs> oh, this is so good. Um, if you are listening and this resonates, um, then perhaps you are a faith-driven entrepreneur. 
And this is a story we wanted to tell. We needed to have you on the podcast. You guys have a beautiful podcast, beautiful content, videos, great book. Certainly folks pick that up. Um, but go search Faith Driven Entrepreneur and find a group near you as well to, to step into the community. I'm going to jump into one of these groups when it aligns with my coaching schedule as well. So first of all, Henry, thank you. Um, if you would, just thank your whole team for us um, here at Stay Forth and here at Gather in this space and all the humans here. But I just thought an appropriate way to end this podcast would just be speaking some words of life or encouragement into an entrepreneur. Maybe th- they think they're so broken, the business is so broken, they are so down right now, Q4 has beat them up. Would you just speak some words of life right now into a struggling entrepreneur? Yeah. So um, there's a God of the universe that loves me and loves you more than we ever can imagine, as messed up as we are. And he's inviting us into this absolutely awesome adventure and mission and bringing about his kingdom. And it's going to be hard work. It's just like the Chronicles of Narnia, you know, is, is Aslan, is he safe? No, he's not safe. And this is not a safe mission. It's not a safe life. But there is the spirit of adventure and doing something really meaningful and we can do it together. And I love the fact that, Alan, you've got gathering in Colorado Springs. Part of me wish that I lived in Colorado Springs so I could have this kind of intentional co-working with people that shared my faith and wanted to be on this mission together. But even if you don't have that type of space like that the gather is in, in Colorado Springs, getting together at a Panera Bread and just being in community and maybe the Faith Driven Entrepreneur course is kind of that catalyst and maybe that helps you. And maybe there are other things as well. There are great workplace ministries like C12 and, and others that are out there. But um, know first and foremost that when God looks down at you, he doesn't see an entrepreneur that's growing at 20% month over month or one that's shrinking at 20% month over month. He looks down and scripture tells us that he sees his son and that's awesome news. It's beautiful. Thanks for your time. Thanks for what you do and who you guys are, who you're investing in. Folks, if you're listening to this, pick up the book, head on over and check out their podcast. You guys do an incredible work with that. So Henry, thank you for what you do. Alan, thank you. Great to be with you.